This might be very short. <laughs> um. I love you so much. I, t- I, know, I know you know that, but uh, I do believe the Lord is, I think the Lord's going to use us in, our new, in a new chapter. Uh, he's obviously moving us, and I believe that there's going to be great fruit. But as I said to Mark Nottage in the Louvre earlier, <laughs> I am convinced to the core of my being that these 20 years of my life, in some sense, will always be the most amazing. And I think it's been such a joy recently to go around different parts of the world and to see different churches and to see different things that God's doing. But I just want to say all of that has underlined the reality of what God is doing here with no hype. And I know I'm an enthusiast, I get that, but with no hype. You need to understand, despite all the fragility and the weaknesses and the imperfections of this church, God continues to do such an amazing thing here. You are part of something so, so significant. You really are. And your appreciation of that, your your cherishing of that, your continuing to take responsibility even when it's hard and difficult. Every single one of you, from the youngest to the oldest, I want to keep charging you with all my heart. Because when you go to other countries and you go and you see the churches in ruins and you see that there are no word and spirit churches, that's the reality in lots of places. It's the reality. And then I come back here and I look at this room and I think of all of those who were here and they've been sent by the Lord, literally thousands now over the last 20 years, 30 years this church has been going. I, I want this morning to be a genuine as best as I, it's already been this, but a celebration. I am incredibly sad. I am incredibly sad. I do not want to go. <laughs> I don't want to go. Because I love every single one of you. I feel robbed in some ways. I already feel like I don't know Chris Pickford as well as I want to know him. I do. I don't. I always think, oh, one day I'll go for a beer with Chris properly and get to know him properly. I feel like that with all of you. I feel so spoilt to have been in a church with not just one or two brilliant people, but hundreds of you. It's amazing. It's just gloriously wrong in the best sense. You are so amazing. You're not perfect. Who is? But Jesus. But I, I, I don't think I'm ever happier than when I'm just talking to each one of you individually and just listening to what's going on in your life, the highs and the lows. And then we pray, and uh, I want to thank you so much with all my heart. I came here um, 20 years ago, can you believe it, 20 years ago this September, and um, I was an atheist, I didn't believe in God, and God knitted me into this family, and I'm so grateful This city is filled with amazing churches. There's so many brilliant churches with different labels. They're they're so after Jesus, after the word and after the spirit. But I have to say, I'm so grateful. He knitted me in with you, Lot. I love you so much. If you've got a Bible, let's turn to the Bible. 2 Samuel chapter 7. This will not be my greatest exegetical moment, everybody, okay? (laughs) Okay. This is going to be random.com. 
but I don't, I don't care. In a way, you don't need me to say anything more. I have rambled at you for 15 years, and uh, today's going to be a bit different. The, the, the scene of, of the bit you've got in front of you is a guy called David, and he was the youngest. Anyone here the youngest in your family? I am. And um, anyway, he, was, he somehow ended up becoming a leader. And at this point in 2 Samuel, he's got this bright idea that he wants to now go and build a temple. Right? Sounds good? Anyone think that sounds good? And he's like, wait a minute, I'm in a house, and God, you haven't got a house. Let me build your house, God. And his heart, in many ways, is great, but it just isn't right. And God's like, no thanks. And God uses this opportunity to kind of humble him. And I'm not going to read it all because there's a lot in here. But verse 8 of chapter 7, just look at that. It says, now therefore... Thus you shall say to my servant David. So that's God saying to the prophet who's with him to say to David. "Um, I took you from the pasture. Because he was a shepherd, which wasn't a glamorous job. I took you from the pasture. Where have you gone? I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, that you should be prince over my people Israel. But God is lovingly reminding him to this king who's sort of been ruling, remember where you came from. And there's this beautiful, beautiful story with David where he was just this young kind of poet type guy. I mean, he was obviously pretty tough, you know, like me, because uh, he'd killed bears, I think. He'd killed wild animals anyway, amazingly. So he wasn't some wimp, but there was this t- tender side to him. And then, then he says this, and this is really what I just want to just have ringing in our ears, verse 18 of that same chapter. And then... King David went in and he sat, look I'm sitting, and he sat before the Lord and said, Who am I, O Lord God? And what is my house that you have brought me thus far? And yet this was actually a small thing in your eyes, O Lord God. You have spoken also of your servant's house for a great while to come. And this is instruction for mankind, O Lord God. What more can David say to you? For you know your servant, O Lord God. I love that. I think he's kind of saying, you know me. You, you know me, and you know I'm a doofus. You know I'm just David, and yet you've done all this. And he's just a bit undone, I think. it's the, He's just undone. He's sitting there, realizing, yeah, he's a king at the moment, but that's going to change. And that's not actually his identity. And I feel so, so like this. This resonates with me that I, I am amazed. And this morning, I just want to do two things. I want to say thank you, like David does here. Thank you. Looking back, and then I want to, looking forwards, I want to give you one central kind of charge, I guess, is how the Bible often says it, a charge. I like that. So I want to do as David did, which is where he says thank you. He says here, because of your own promise, according to your own heart, you have brought about all this greatness to make your servant know it. Today, I want to say thank you publicly to Jesus with all my heart. I want to say, first of all, thank you to God in front of you for his kindness to me. Because as I've basically said every week since I ever came to this church and had any kind of leadership, I am not a natural leader. I'm not. I'm not. Some of you think, I don't believe that. You're really confident when you preach. I'm not a natural leader. You should have heard my best man speech at Roger Eaton's wedding. It was terrible. 
when I try and speak about anything other than Jesus, I'm so bad. It's really awkward. Everyone has these high expectations, and they're like, oh, he's really not very good. <laughs> and I, I am a fearful man. I don't have a plan. I'm not impressive. I'm an ex-hippie. I came here with dreadlocks and a nose ring. I know. I'm so sorry just to just ruin that clean-cut image, you know. But that's true. That's, that's it's kind of, you know, I'm a family of creatives. We're, we're not organized, okay? This is not who we are. We're not, we're not impressive in that way. And, and I, I'll never forget the day, actually, when, um, when, uh, when Josie and myself decided to give one year, just one year before we left, one year we'll give to working with the students. And at that point, there were six students in this church, six, two guys, four girls, and um, that year, as we, did, we volunteered working with them, it grew to 30. And I remember thinking, that's amazing, because I know me, that can't happen. <laughs> I'm lazy and I'm rubbish and I'm selfish. How has that happened? And then we stayed on one more year, and it grew to 70 or 80. And I remember in that time thinking, this is the Lord's doing. This isn't us. And I very vividly remember God saying, because once over those next few years, there started to be a lot of fruit and things started to happen. There were various times when people were talking to me about me leaving City Church and sort of trying to take me away to other places. And I sensed a real fear of the Lord, actually, that if we moved and it wasn't the Lord's doing, he wouldn't bless us. I really feel him say that. I don't know if it's theologically true or not, but I felt him say that. I, I, I knew that he was saying, you're in the right place at the right time and just enjoy what the Lord is doing. And, and that sense of the fear of the Lord very early on um, was very prevalent with us, with me and Josie. And I remember once chatting to my mum and dad. It's so wonderful having you here. So mum and dad have come down from Lincolnshire and it means a lot to me. And um, I remember once sort of clumsily talking about what God was doing. And I used a phrase something like, we've built the student work. And I remember my dad saying, just be careful, darling. Just be careful how you speak about it. You haven't built it. The Lord's built it. And uh, it was, sounds like a small issue, but it was very, it was, it was spot on. And um, we do labor, don't we? We work. But I want to give glory to God today. I want to give glory to God for every single person. I rem- vividly remember leading up um, to becoming uh, the lead elder. I was an elder and the, and the team and the, the current elder, lead elder was going to go and church plant a guy called Barry, many of you remember and um, <laughs> I, I remember saying publicly, okay I'm going to try and lead this team and I, li- and I remember saying words to the effect several times if you want to leave I won't blame you <laughs> and I really meant it and I, I'm, because look, I, I wouldn't follow me alright and, and this sense of this is the Lord's doing, it's what David's getting at here and I want that over each of your lives because it's the same for all of us. If your family, if your family is, in a, is actually basically in a good place, who's, who, who gets the glory? It's, it's not our parenting, amen? It's the Lord. If your singleness is a fruitful thing, a fruitful vine, who gets the glory? If you're a student here, actually, and, you, you, and I want to say this, if you're a student here, quickly stand up. Quickly. Don't, you've got to be quick because time's going to go. I feel there's a new season for this church with our students. 
This city is, is, has 35 to 40,000 students. And that number's going to keep growing. And if you're a student, you can easily feel, I'm just sort of here and the, you know, the adults <laughs> are kind of letting us in. And we want to say, because many of you who are not standing have came here through students, through student work. We want to say to you, you are vital. Vital to this church. Vital to this church. You are so, so key. And there is, I believe, a particular calling on this church, and in fact, all of the churches of this city, but particularly on this church, to intentionally go after, not just you who know Jesus, if that's you, but to equip and empower you to become those who are the very best ambassadors for Jesus Christ into the universities and the colleges of, the, of this great city. And I want to prophesy over you, actually, a new season of boldness, of encounter with God, and a new season of fruitfulness over you. Because if you're like me, I fear man, but the Lord is making me bold. So just, just, just right now, just, I just, can you just reach out quickly to these guys if you're around them? Just put your hand on them, and I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want to, I'd spend longer on this, but time is zooming. I want to speak over the student ministry of this church, a new season of explosive growth. I want to speak over these students, Lord God, that there will be hundreds of students in this church in the coming years to come. Hundreds of students who come as young oaks of righteousness and become mighty oaks of righteousness. We speak, Lord, a new season of exponential fruitfulness over the student ministry of this church. Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to thank God for his provision. I want to secondarily thank God for his clarity. God has been so clear with me in terms of when to lead and when not to lead. I'm so grateful for him. I vividly remember being an elder. Barry was handing over the team, and, and he was wondering who should lead the team, and no one was quite sure at that point. Um, and, and I was thinking, could I lead it? Could I lead it? Could I lead it? That was the phrase, could I lead it? And it was like, maybe if I really worked myself up and got my hair cut or something, you know, I could try and do it. And the other two guys in the team were like a doctor and a top businessman who were, you know, amazing. And, uh, and then I had two prophecies in one week. And it shifted something in my heart from could I lead it to I must lead it. And I knew the Lord had spoken. And I thought, Lord, you're bonkers, but I will follow you. If you want me to do this, I know, I know I have to do this. And it initiated something in me 10 years ago. And in the last year, the Lord has lovingly said, now it is time to stop leading the team because I've got other things for you, as I've already shared with you. And I want to thank him publicly for his clarity. And I want to I use that as an illustration to you with your life. As many of you are taking big decisions or have taken big decisions, keep laying it before the Lord. Because he loves each of us equally, amen? He wants each of us to be deeply, deeply rooted in that clarity as we take these big steps. I also want to thank him for his protection for his protection over me. You know, I, I, I am so proud of many, many things. You can be proud in a good way, can't you? Surely. There must be, that must be okay. And I'm, I am so proud of so many things in this church, but I do want to say I'm particularly proud of the eldership. I am. The three other men who, who, who eld with me, if that's a word, 
And I guess what I want to say is, on a serious note, they are so not perfect, but the enemy, Satan, particularly focuses on the leadership of churches. And there are so many examples of churches where leaders have been taken out. It is unbelievable. It's happening all the time. All the time. Just on my recent travels, I, I heard of a, a tragic a friend of mine who'd started leading a church and it had grown wonderfully and then he'd become unaccountable and he wouldn't listen to anyone else and it's now completely, the whole church, hundreds of people, it's all gone. And I want to thank God that, that he has protected us as a team and he's protected me and actually I haven't bodged up too much seriously you know because it's so easy you know this very church has been through some incredibly difficult times with its senior leaders those of you who have been here 15 years or more will know without me going over it again there have been some hugely painful times and I praise God that right now in his redemptive grace Look at this room, look at the health, look at what he's doing, amen? He is such a kind, merciful God. Secondarily, I do want to thank the team. I've already said it once, but I want to put down another, again. I want to thank Tim Wilson, who I love. I love this man with all my heart. I love Tim. Tim, have it. He grabbed it. What a man. Instinctive. I'll take your snotty thing. Tim, I love you. You are one of my very best friends. And in many ways, we're so different. But you have been a massive inspiration to me. You are such a role model to me, to Mark, to so many others. Claire, you are an amazing, amazing equal to this man. And you are more than the sum of your parts. Wilsons, we love you so much. And we know you give so much, um, way beyond what even many passionate people give, and I want to honour you, Tim, I thank you that during the building project, you carried that, you carried that for years, and I didn't carry it, I want to thank you that when you knew, actually there was a new season coming for you, and it was time to step out of being on staff, you didn't dig your heels in, you said, maybe I need to go to make, release the funds, so that someone else can come, I don't know what job I'm going to do, but I reckon that's what the Lord's saying, what a man, what a man, I honour you Tim, I love that about you, and I love you for that. Jeff, I love you, mate. I want to be like you. I do. That's the best way I can put it. I was just trying to, how do I put this? I want to be more like you. I really do. I feel robbed, again, that I haven't had as much time. And I know this isn't the end, the end, but in a way it is the end of something. And Jeff's passion for God, Jeff's passion for the Word, Jeff's passion for people is so unusual. And God has put a rich heritage in you with your father and, and your, your own heritage and, and just, there's a depth in you that is very rare. And we love you and we need you. And I don't know where Miriam is, but I would honour her as well. She's, she's out with the kids. So, exactly, serving our heart out. Jeff, can we put our hands together and just honour Jeff as well? I think that's all the elders, right? I think that, oh, and Martin, mate, I love you with all my heart. I vividly remember, I know I've told this story hundreds of times, but I love it. I so remember being in Nero's in Canterbury 12 years ago, for, I don't know, whenever it was, a long time ago. And Martin was a student, a fresher, struggling with the ways of life, <laughs> shall we say. <laughs> Cheeky chappy from Essex. All right, mate. A Christian on Sundays. and the, No, no, no. Um, 
but kind of, kind of, if we're honest. And I remember saying to him, I thought, oh, I'll give this guy about 10 seconds. And uh, so I just said, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that, stop doing that. And he's like, all right. And he did. And he's never stopped changing in God. And I, I love this man so much. He is, he is such, such a godly guy. There was a time when we put forward Martin and Jeff as elders, potential elders, and actually many of the church said, we don't think it's right. We, we, we heard that, and actually we paused it. And for, for Martin and Catherine, there was no, never a single moment of a grumble. There was never any kind of like, what? How dare they? They just said, no problem, we just want to serve. If, we, if, if God calls Martin to be an elder, who, if not, it doesn't matter. And ironically, that was probably, in a sense, the thing that most illustrated why it was so right. And, and Martin, and I really, I want to go on record as saying this, you have saved the eldership. And I know it's a strong thing to say, let me explain what I mean. Before Martin came into the team, it wasn't great. Tim, you know, we want to be transparent. We were doing our best. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not a great manager of people. And I, it, wasn't very, it wasn't very coordinated. We all loved each other. And I loved God. But actually, it wasn't really terribly cohesive, shall we say. And Tim was doing his best and uh, wasn't finding the easiest thing in the world either. <laughs> and Hugh was strong personality, so you, I'll leave you to join the dots. <laughs> uh, it was a bit of a rocky time behind the scenes. And there came a point where we literally said... Um, uh, Goff Hope was with us. Thank God for Goff Hope. And he said, what about that guy Martin? <laughs> and Martin had come onto the team, also onto the staff as a, as a kids worker. And then within about two days was then overseeing the youth work and also the student work. And, uh, and then we literally said, Martin, you're going to have to come in. You're not an elder. You're going to have to come into our elders meetings. If there's inappropriate stuff, we'll ask you to leave. But you have to come in. You have to chair the meetings, help me set the minutes, uh, set, set the agenda, take the minutes you need to basically chair us. And mum was like, I'm up for it. Think about that. That's pretty impressive, I think. And Martin came in, and within minutes, we were like a well-oiled machine that we are right now. <laughs> uh, but we were suddenly got traction. The wheels suddenly started to have traction. We were actually starting to move forwards, and we were suddenly like round poles and round pegs because Martin, his gift was suddenly put into operation. Most of you won't know that because it was behind the scenes. Most of you have no idea. And I, and I just think, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Martin. And, uh, you know, we believe in an eldership that leads the church. It's a team that leads the church. It's not a man. It's a team. And that team has a leader. And uh, we're so thrilled, Martin, that you've accepted Jeff and Tim's request to be led, uh, for, to lead them into this, into this season and to help continue to see this thing flourish. I'm so grateful for that. I want to thank you, O church. Hurrah! Everyone say hurrah. hurrah. I want to thank you with all my heart. I want to thank you for being gentle with me. What other job in the world can you repeatedly say from the front, I have no idea what I'm doing. Hey! And you've all gone, yeah, we know, Tom, but we love you. I mean, think about that. You can't, if you're a mechanic, you can't go, no idea, love. No idea, but I'll have a go. And I love you so much. You know, or if you're, a, if you're a surgeon, let's have a go, right, you know, you know. But you've allowed me. I've often felt like, you know, in those films where there's a, like a, the two pilots have died. Can you try and fly the plane? Okay. 
you know, I've often felt like that. I thought, I don't know what I'm doing, anyone? And yet you've been so kind to me. <laughs> you've been so gentle. Hebrews 13 says, obey your lead, submit to them. And it says, let them do this so that they can lead you without grumbling and groaning. I love that. So that your leaders don't groan. We do not groan about you. We love you. We love you. You've been overwhelmingly gentle with us to the point where, you know, you have, it has not dominated. You know, many lead, many pastors, their kids grow up resenting the, the, their mum and dad's job because they never saw them. They never could connect with them. All their life was about it. When we told the kids we were moving, <laughs> Lily didn't even know I led the church. <laughs> yes! I, I honestly think that might be the thing I'm most proud of in my life. <laughs> the fact that she just thought, oh, well, I know Dad's part of church, and he, you know, he jumps around at the front like a lunatic, and he, he preaches sometimes, but you actually lead the church. Yes, Lily, I lead the church. And that's, that is amazing. <laughs> you're like, yes, yeah, because you're that lazy, Tom. <laughs> no, but it's because she doesn't, do you see what I'm saying? And that's because we've worked in that together. You haven't, you've been a beautiful church, a beautiful church to shepherd. What an honour it has been to in any way shepherd you. You've been gentle and you've been my friends and you are my friends. You are my friends, and, and that friendship is eternal. Amen? We're going to be friends in heaven. Amen? Uh, that's, Daisy said yes. Friendship is going to be eternal. We're going to be in heaven worshipping Jesus for all eternity. And uh, I, I, I went away uh, to New Zealand for a month with my family recently, and um, it was a great trip in many ways, but coming back, I was like, yay, city church! And two weeks ago, I was at South, and I was like a lunatic, you know, just with enthusiasm. Kind of, you know, I remember talking to Aaron, Aaron Hopkins and he was, we were having like a shared lunch thing and Aaron was like, all right, Tom, you know, because he's a bit of a dude. I was like, Aaron, how are you? I've missed you. What's going on in your life? And he was like, what the heck? What? And, and the, I, because I just, I, and I'm not trying, I just love you. You know, there'll be many times I'll be driving along in my blue car in, in Canterbury and I'll see one of you and I'll be, bah, 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 you know, and all the traffic's confused. But, and I just, I love you so much. And, and, and it's a lie that pastors have to be lonely. That's a lie because I, 10 years, I have not been lonely. There are times you do feel it, but your heart of friendship, thank you with all my heart for that. You've got that. Many of you have got that. You've said, listen, I'm talking to you as a friend now, and you've comforted me, and I'm so incredibly grateful for that. So grateful. When, um, when we told the kids that we looked, felt the Lord was moving us to the States, I hadn't even finished the sentence, and my darling Daisy just broke down to tears and ran out. And um, she was very, very upset. And I said to her, Daisy, why are you so sad? And she said, Oh, no, in fact, she, she, I didn't even have to ask it. She said, I just never, ever want to leave City Church. I never want to leave City Church. Think about that for a moment. She, she, she could have said many other things. But the thing that came out of her soul was, I don't want to leave this church. I don't, I don't know what greater compliment could be, could be bestowed on you that you have done so well in making my job a joy and my kids are grateful because of that, and I'm so grateful. I want to thank my parents with all my heart, my glorious parents, <laughs> who have literally prayed for me every day, 
of my life. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I want to I in some way imitate you. And I'm so grateful that you have prayed for me and for Josie and this family. And I am so grateful for that. And you've always said, put your passion before pounds, before money. Follow your passion. Don't follow money. And I'm so grateful for that. And my parents are so passionate about this church, even though they live 150 miles away. My dad has had made up not one, but two City Church t-shirts so he can wear them. That's, he's like, he really loves this church. And so can we honour my parents? And we have for you guys today... Should we let them have honor- honorary status as members of this church? Yeah, all right, you're in. And I want to I wanna finally thank my beautiful wife and my amazing daughters. And um, any of you who know Josie will know that <laughs> Josie is every bit my equal in terms of passion for this church, passion for God. When, uh, when we announced to the church that we were going, Chris Pickford um, said, Tom, <laughs> won't really notice you because you're not, you're never really around. <laughs> but words to that effect. But he said, <laughs> he said, Josie, we're going to lose Josie. Oh my goodness, how will we cope? But he was actually very, very true. What he was saying is that Josie has been involved in so much, and uh, the passion for discipleship, which is one of our core things, has always come from Josie. That church is not just about a Sunday event, but it's about actual intentionally investing in each other. And I am so grateful. I mean, many elders and leaders' wives can be um, at times saying, oh, you know, you're out too often. You're always out. I'm missing you. And um, Josie's never done that. Let's just say that. That's ne- <laughs> She's always been like, shouldn't you be out a bit more, in fact? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sure she does love me deep down somewhere, but uh, she does. Go on then. She wants to say something. Yeah. Keep talking. Talk Other one. I've got two mics now. Okay. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to say thank you. I won't be as emotional as Tom because I don't tend to feel the right emotion at the right time. So it will come six months after we've arrived in America. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to say thank you really for just um, letting me be myself. Um, you know, we took on this role 10 years ago when we just started having children. I had very little capacity um, to be probably what I thought a lead elder's wife had to be. Um, and it turns out there isn't such a thing as, as some, you know, a lead elder's wife. It's not in the Bible. There isn't a job description for being an elder's wife. And thank God, because um, we are all so different. And um, I have been able, and you have all freed me to be myself and to invest in the things I want to invest in, to be able to serve at times behind the scenes, sometimes, you know, to do nothing <laughs> other than look after my family and support Tom. Other times, it has given me an incredible privilege to be able to lead and have a voice. And um, I'm so grateful for that. I'm so grateful in the way it's helped me in my leadership gifting. Um, but more than anything, you know, I'm so grateful to this church in terms of my walk with God, people who've got alongside me and discipled me just as a normal, very normal 
member of church. I do not come from a family. You know, my dad was not a pastor. Um, this was all completely new to me. I was somebody who... Our family got to church late because we didn't want to have to talk to people at the beginning of the service. You know, that's my background. So um, being the lead elder's wife, has all, I've always found it quite funny because it's so not my experience. But um, I'm just so grateful that you have made this job easy for us, as Thomas said, because we genuinely just have felt like we're, you know, we're with our friends and you've treated us like normal members of the church. So thank you so much. Mm, And I, I do, I really believe, actually, my darling, that, 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 that there's a new season um, of us partnering more and more. Um, more and more, I think the Lord is opening up things that we will be physically doing together, ministry stuff, um, that more and more will be us. And I'm so excited about that. So excited about that. I love ministering with you. <laughs> and I, no, literally, literally. <laughs> And um, I also want to honour my kids. I know I've mentioned them already, but I want to just... Daisy's in here, and, um, you know, it's a funny thing, isn't it? I'm, I'm, I'm a relatively young parent, and I think you don't really choose what your kids are like. You do your best to kind of, you know, um, raise them. But ultimately, <laughs> they can be a very different, shall we say, and sometimes hard. And I just want to give glory to God because he has been so kind to me with my kids. I look at them and I think, I can't claim credit for their souls and their hearts being as they are. And um, Daisy, I want to thank you. And you can receive this on behalf of all your sisters. I want to thank you, seriously, for being so, such a partner with mum and dad as we have opened up our home a lot, a lot. And there's been lots of people coming and going for years and years and years and years. And that's not easy. And you have been amazing. The way you've, when we've had elders meetings or tr leaders meetings and 20, 30, 40 people are coming in the house and then they're going and you're amazing. Um, beautiful enthusiasm and, you know, offering them tea, coffee, just getting involved. We're in it together. And even the flexibility in coming the last year or so, we've been particularly going to lots of different church plants around the UK, lots of different places in Europe, going to New Zealand, seeing churches there and stuff. And their capacity and their passion to come with us and to see this as, a, as, a, as an us thing. I'm so proud of you, darling. I'm so proud of all of my girls. And uh, can we thank them as well? Because they are part of this. running out of time, so I want to say one thing, looking ahead, mighty church, and it's this. If you've got a Bible, quickly turn with me to the book of Jude, and you're like, where's Jude? <laughs> it's after 1, 2, and 3 John, um, and uh, I think it's true that Terry Virgo, none other, his life verse is the verse we're going to finish on. Seems like a wise place, doesn't it, to, to having our ears. It's actually two verses, but I'm sure you'll let me off that. Jude chapter, uh, well, there's only one chapter. Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, here we go, keep yourselves in the love of God. 
keep yourself in the love of God. And uh, I think what I want to just have ringing in, in, in your ears as I kind of uh, hand over team leadership to Martin and the team is just this, is that I think my only regret, it's not a big capital R, small r, is that I wish I had overtly preached on the grace of God more. I do. And I know it's leaked out of me, I trust. But I really feel in these last few months, the Lord has been taking me into a really, quite an extraordinary place, is the only way I can put it. In the Song of Solomons, in chapter 1, it says, You have brought me into the king's chambers, to the king's chambers, the king's bedroom. And it's this incredible picture of the bride being brought into an incredibly intimate place. You have brought me into your the king's chambers. And I feel like the Lord is doing that with me at the moment. I feel like as I've been getting ready to hand things over here and to move to a new season, the Lord has been bringing me into a place of more intimacy with him than I've ever known in my life. And really, um, it's based just all around something that sounds so sort of simple when you say it, um, but, but is so, it's so ruining me. And it is the kindness, the mercy, the joy, the goodness of our God. And I'm not sure I've ever really got that before. Isn't that amazing? After 19 years, I would say, I don't think I've really in here believed in his phenomenal goodness. In his incredible kindness. In his unbelievable mercy and, and, and just love. And that, you know, for me, and for all of us who are Christians, you know, the great emphasis, one of the great emphasis on the New Testament is that when you become a Christian, you become a child of God. Son of God, it often says, a son of God. And you've heard that hundreds of times, I'm sure. And it just struck me recently. I thought, What's a, I'm a son of God. I'm not primarily a father, actually. Some of you have been very kind in saying you've been a spiritual father to me, and I receive that. But the, the emphasis on the New Testament is not on becoming a spiritual father, I don't think. I think it's on, we are sons. We're daughters. We're children of God. Now, why is that important? Because you see, if you're a father, that means you're responsible. Okay? And we do take things responsible. But if you're a son, it's all on my dad. It's about knowing my father, my dad, Abba. He has it in hand. And that changes everything, friends. That changes everything when your fundamental, eternal position. It says about Jesus in Romans, it says he is the firstborn of what? Many brothers. Now think about that. It's saying that we, that we can say Jesus is like he's our big brother. Isn't that crazy? I don't know what your big brother is. Anyone here ever had a big brother? Okay, they're probably a mix at best, should we say? I love my big brother, I really do, and I, and I honour him. But he ain't Jesus. <laughs> and I am just at the beginning of a journey of starting to learn to keep myself in the love of God. What, whatever earthly fathers we've had, none of them are Jesus, right? There's no disloyalty when you start to compare your earthly father with your eternal father, because none of us can, none of us can compare. Daisy and Lily and Poppy, my biggest prayer is that they will see the gaping contrast because, between dad and dad. And I, I just feel that for whatever reason, 
there's been times when I've brought a lot of challenge. And I don't think that's been wrong, but, but it's good news. Amen? Jesus is no longer on the cross. Amen? He's raised to life. Hallelujah! He's defeated sin and death. And he has now bestowed the most merciful, gracious thing that we could ever comprehend, which is inclusion forever as eternal, beloved children of God, with him now, with his Father. And he is rubbing his hands with glee at the the prospect of you meeting him face to face. For us, death is this terrifying, awful thing that we don't even want to think about. For him, honestly, I think he can't wait. I think he can't wait until the time when finally... All the the sin and the struggles and the difficulties that still entangle us are finally freed. And we are finally, we know him as we are already known. We see him face to face and we suddenly realise, oh, he really is that good. And he wants you, I'm going to stand up. He wants you, he wants you to dare to believe in his goodness. I believe that with all my heart. I, I, I believe that, that when I think about faith, I often think that faith is just having faith that I'm forgiven, and that's part of it. But I'm, more than ever, I believe that faith is having faith actually in the kindness and in the mercy and the goodness of God in a world which is in such pain. That's real faith. When you look at the New Testament and you see these churches which are almost universally persecuted at one point, and yet you see joy, 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 joy. I want that for this church. I'm jealous for joy to be restored in this church, not as something that you try hard, but that overflows out of one at a time, each of us starting to believe I truly am as loved now as Jesus Christ. I'm included in. He's done everything to secure my adoption. Hallelujah. I believe that the Lord wants us to be kept and to keep ourselves in the joy and in the love of God more than ever before, that we are sons of God. And if you're a lady here and think, I don't want to be a son, that sounds weird. Well, we're also the bride of Christ. And all the blokes are like, oh no, I don't want to be a bride. God's so kind. He gives us all these metaphors to understand it by. Men, can you go, ha? Women, can you go, Oh, no, that's, that's, that's a stereotype. Catherine, you led me down a stereotype. No, whatever. It's, what I'm trying to say is, do you know what? There will be always reasons. There will always be reasons to think our lives are hard and tough. And I know that they are. I get that. And some of you are walking through that. But I believe, I truly believe, the reason why virtually every single New Testament letter starts with grace and peace. Grace and peace. As I write this letter... As I'm facing certain death. I don't have a wife. I don't have any kids. I'm in a stinky, horrible prison cell. Everyone's deserted me. Grace and peace. Joy and hallelujah. And we're thinking, who is this lunatic? Is he just, uh, you know, an enthusiast? No, he got the gospel. Anyone here think Paul got the gospel? Say that again. Anyone here think Paul got the gospel? So it is legitimate, even if you're British, to be joyful and celebrative, even when life is hard. And I'm not talking about welling up and trying hard. I'm talking about God doing something. God in his faithfulness saying, I cannot ultimately rest in a place of saying life is just difficult because I have the joy of the gospel. And it really is that I am fathered and I am loved. And he's, he's so kind. He isn't, he isn't impatient. Say he isn't impatient. He isn't He isn't. Fickle. Say he isn't fickle. He is consistent and merciful and kind and reliable. He is the best listener. He is the wisest person you could ever come to. You get the idea. He is so much greater, so much kinder than I've known for 19 years. 
and my, my, I, I feel like God's taking us away off to a different place. And yet, I, I, my, my, my final deepest prayer for you is that we'll actually still be separated by some miles, but say, yeah, I'm learning that too. I'm getting that. I'm seeing that. That's the journey we're on together. That's biblical. We don't just learn things individually. We learn them together. That's what God does. He brings us together as family into a shared understanding. And I be- I'm praying more than anything else that 2017, for many, many years onwards, this will be the season where for some of you, for the first time, for some of you, it will be, again, learn to not just think and see that the Lord is good, but you, what is it? Taste. Taste. That word taste, it's something that deliberately forces you to expect an experience of your soul, which changes every element of your life. It's experience. That's my, that's my heart prayer. It's my heart prayer. Why is this important? Because when you get grace, you get everything else. I believe that. I think that sounds like a book title. Get grace, get everything. You become a better listener. When you are rooted in that my father's listening to me, you become a better listener. You become a better dad and mum. When you're deeply, experientially convinced that he's so generous and merciful, you become actually more merciful and patient and kind and loving. You just do. When you think God really, really loves you and he's so for you, you suddenly start to tell people who don't know Jesus about him, not because you should do, but because you can't help but do it, because he's so good. I was in the pub recently, and, and I've got this big gang group of guys who normally come. Everyone bailed on us. Everyone, apart from me and one guy. And I was like, oh, I have to get a babysitter. Oh, okay. And that night, bless him, it just came. He just said some question that was vaguely connected. And I just, I just, I was, just, I think I was, I probably was crying. I just remember saying to him, why wouldn't why wouldn't you want to know this God who loves you more than your wife? Why, if it's true, if there's a 1% chance this is true, that he, you aren't an accident. You're not an accident. You are fearfully and gloriously made. You are made in the image of God. He's prepared good works for you to walk in. He's prepared this. He's got everything that you need. This is holy ground. And he just let me talk for a long time. And I kept saying, do you want me to just be quiet? And he was like, keep going, keep going. Friends, I know you know this, but we have a gospel that's so good, amen. And you have such permission. If you sense in me that I'm straying from being in the love of God to get on a plane, Skype me, ring me, or if I'm here, kick me up the bum. So you said, Tom, your final talk was keep yourself in the love of God. I'm deadly serious about that, if you can be. He wants us to be those who understand his kindness to us. Why? Because all the things that I know you want to keep doing flow from that. Number one, keep dreaming big. Keep dreaming big, City Church. There have been knockbacks. There have. There's been disappointments at times. And I want to say this. If you keep yourself in the love of God, if you keep yourself believing that, you know what, he may take longer, it may be a bit of a wiggly route, and it may be that we get there in a different expression, but he is so good. He works all things according to the good of those who love him. That's a promise from God. Amen. He, if we, amen? amen? Amen. I want us to be a church that keeps dreaming big. I want you to keep taking risks. Some of you need to take some risks. If that's you, stand up now. 
That's the whole point, standing up. Oh, I'm not sure. Come on. If you've got safe, if you've got safe, I am lovingly charging you. Don't be a perfectionist. You apply it how you will. Give more money than you normally give. Pray for the sick when you normally wouldn't. Get on the streets and tell someone about Jesus. Apologize to your wife if you need to do that. Spend more time with your kids. Give up your job if that's what the Lord's saying. Hold out your hands. Let me pray for you. Lord, I pray for this beautiful church. And I thank you for hundreds standing to their feet who humbly say, I want to take risks. We thank you that your, that your path for us is a broad highway. It's not a tightrope. It is a broad highway. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for these men and women where there is there are fears in their life that can hold them back or just comfort. I break the God of comfort in the name of Jesus. And I break fear. I pray for an image of a beautiful, kind father that propelled Jesus through this life, knowing his father was always good, always kind, always wanting the best for him. I pray that image of you, Father, will rule supreme, not a cold, detached, uninterested father who watches to see how you perform. I break that in the name of Jesus. I pray for a new season of affirmation in the hearts of your children. Deep affirmation. That means you're able to laugh at yourself and say, well, I had a private thing going on with my father and it seems like it might not have gone as I hoped but do you know what I stepped out don't be one of those critics who just stands watching those people who have a go be someone in the ring with a blood smeared face who's stepping out and having a go in Jesus name amen amen thank you thank you so much take risks thirdly don't worry Martin's given me permission to take as long as I want he said don't worry, five minutes. Stay transparent. Seriously, Josie and I have modelled that. Exactly. We have modelled that to the best of our abilities. And I, I really want to say, only the grace of God frees you to be transparent. So leaders, particularly of every different hue and realm, model transparency. I think it's one of the things that um, I just pray will never get lost. And again, as the Lord has opened up chances for me to go to different teams, elderships, churches, it is a rare thing often to see people willing to say, I can't lead in that area, can you lead for me? I've got struggles here and I need to be, able to be honest about that. Please, will you join me in that? Will you, will you say, Lord, you're going to have to help us to be, to be honest? Appropriately, I know, but please, because it breeds something that's so key and so important. Warmth. Say warmth. When I came to this church 19 years ago as an atheist, there were so many things that perhaps you wouldn't say were, too, you know, just, were just idiosyncrasies of church. But there was a warmth. There was a love and a warmth from the people that cut through, as a young atheist that I was, that cut through. Never leave or, lead or lead, let go of your warmth. Don't let it go. Stay warm. On Sundays particularly, Always be looking for those who are new. Josie's passion for the lonely has, has infected me and infected many of us. Keep warm. Keep, keep constantly warm and, and looking out for those. Final thing I'll say is this. Do not, in, in a year, two years, or whenever, when there's difficulty in the church and it's tough, you are not allowed ever to rose tint this, this time. Okay? 
Don't, don't ever do that. Don't ever go, when Tom was around... Now, some of you are thinking, no, we really won't do that, Tom. But, but for one or two of you who may be tempted to, you are not allowed to do that. So just repeat after me. We will never... Rose tent the last 10 years. Thank you so much. Because honestly, there's been some brilliant stuff and there's been some many challenges and I've made loads of mistakes. And actually, God has got wonderful plans for the future. I genuinely believe it's as simple as this. You've just got to keep doing what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. I was in the South site two weeks ago. Me and Josie and the family were on the third row. Third row! Hallelujah! Not on the front row, on the third row. And there was just filled up with leaders who were prophesying, doing brilliant things, bringing, you know, leadery things. Just, it was brilliant. And I was just like, this is heaven. Job done. Job done. Equipping the saints for the work of ministry. People with so much to share. And us just there worshipping. Then they come to Northside last week. Same deal. Just a wealth of leaders, men and women <clears throat> at the front, from all over, just taking ownership and saying, this is our church. It's your church, but it's our church. And hearing about Whitstable having the biggest carol service of all of the sites. Can I have a woo? <laughs> Go, Jeff. Do you see what I'm saying? I'm just saying, just keep doing what you're doing, because the Lord has given us so much already. So finally, 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 I'd say this. As we go to California, will you come with us? Don't mean literally, although if God calls you, brilliant. But what I mean is, will you come with us in your hearts? Really. I really mean that, because I believe, Paul says, make room for us in your hearts, talking to a church. He says, will you make room for us in your hearts? You're busy people. You know lots of people. But please don't let those hearts totally close to the shores, because we, we won't be doing that for you. We, we don't believe God's given us permission to do that. We believe it is a spreading, not a separating. We believe with all of our hearts that God is all over this. You know, the fact is, since we announced we're going, and these are the plans for the future, there has been not one negative email or text or comment. Not one. Now, that is extraordinary, I think. And I just praise God that the Lord, in his kindness, is doing something that is just wonderful to behold. The best days are ahead. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. I'm going to pray for you. And I think Ollie's going to lead us in one quick, 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 quick song. Is that right, Martin? <laughs> All right, don't then. All right. Is it? Everyone stand up. He's the team leader. You can blame him. No. Um. Okay. If you are able to kneel, I would love it if you kneeled, knelt rather. If you can't, don't worry. I just want to pray this over us from Ephesians and then we'll be finished. Bless you. Thank you very much. This is from Ephesians 3. And... Uh, this, these words that he prays are not just me, these aren't just like random words. Obviously, they're the Bible, so they're God's words. But I mean, the, the, this, is, this is my heart for you as well. He talks about the love of God. And I guess if you kind of hear what I'm saying, but you're thinking, I kind of get it, but I don't feel like I really know the love of God, particularly, you might want to just, even as I pray, just say, Lord, let this become true. Here we go. 
For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you, City Church, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Here we go. That you being rooted and grounded and established in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ, to really know it, to know it, like a husband knows the love of his wife and vice versa, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in this church. Glory, weighty glory in this church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen.